You are now listening to Talkin' Hockey with Jack Bushman and Tony Janaris. Talkin' Hockey, real Blackhawks insight. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Talkin' Hockey. I am Jack Bushman here with my partner, Tony Janaris. Tony, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, doing pretty well. We got some great news. Brandon Saad is back. Oh, yeah, big news there for the Blackhawks. Saad will be returning from an ankle injury, playing for the first time in about a month, so that kicks off. Our Saturday was some good news, as I just said. Today is Saturday, January 18th. And since our last episode about a week and a half ago, the Blackhawks have gone 3-2-0 and in their five games played. They lost back-to-back games at home to the Flames and Predators, but since then the Hawks have found their groove. They've won three consecutive games, including the first two on their three-game Canadian road trip. So, Tony, the Hawks are now 22-20-6 through 48 games this season, five points out of a playoff spot. What are your thoughts about uh, their recent efforts to uh, pick up this three-game winning streak, especially the last two being on the road? Yeah, they've actually been winning some games when it mattered. Um, yeah, big as points you mentioned, on one. Yeah, as you mentioned, they're inching back into the playoff hunt, and uh, every game's important right now. Um, a couple of days ago, Robin Leonard actually mentioned that every game's important from here on out. Um, they've actually been getting a pretty good effort from all four lines, um, the young guys have been chipping in. Goaltending has been pretty solid. Um, no complaints, really. And you add Brandon Saad back to the mix, and you're pretty hopeful. Yeah, Blackhawks have been playing kind of the right way, uh, playing a good brand of hockey. Uh, as recently, as you said, a lot of uh, chipping in from all four lines, and the goaltending has been pretty good. Defense has kind of been better as well. Uh, recapping the Blackhawks' three-game winning streak here quickly, uh, they won their last home game to conclude their four-game homestand against the Ducks, 4-2. to two. Kubalik had two goals, and Leonard made 35 saves. And then the Hawks headed out to Ottawa for the first game of a three-game road trip. Kind of another nerve-wracking game there as things didn't start out so well for the Hawks. Yeah. Uh, found themselves down 2 nothing the first period, which kind of gave me like the same feeling as that Detroit game from like a week or two ago. It yeah. was uh, weird, kind of just another first period where they kind of fell flat coming out of the gate against the team they were supposed to beat. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's a case of them just underestimating their opponent or if it's something else. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. We've seen it a handful of times this season where the Blackhawks uh, played down to their opponent's level, and that appeared to be the case in the first 20 minutes against the Senators. Uh, fortunately, as they did against Detroit, the Hawks were able to bounce back. Uh, Dominic, Dominic Kubalik scored two goals for the second consecutive game to hit, get the Hawks back in it. Uh, he's now tied, or he now has taken the rookie lead, uh, the lead for goals amongst NHL rookies with 18. He surpassed Buffalo's Victor Olofsson. How good has Kubalik been over the last month or so, Tony? He's been one, probably one of the top three players on the team right now, I'd say. Yeah, he's doing his part offensively for sure. Uh, Blackhawks really have been getting a lot of uh, their goal scoring from Taze, Kane, and Kubalik, and uh, they've even decided to go nuclear at some points as they call it by loading those guys up on the top line. Been yeah. interesting. It's been working last five games. He has, uh, let's see, two, four, five, six points in the last five. Um, yeah. Had his, that, had that five game goal streak. Yeah. His goal streak just got snapped last game against the Canadians, but he's been pretty solid. Yeah. He, he's been really terrific. And a quick note I have here, uh, Victor Olofsson, who was first in the race for uh, NHL rookie goals. He's now second, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's expected to miss a significant chunk of time with an injury. 
And then third in the race is Dennis Jurianov of the Dallas Stars, but he has just 11 and Kubalik has 18. So this is a really good chance here for Kubalik to kind of run away with that rookie goal lead. Yeah, I think he has a great chance to take that rookie goal scorer title, um, a figure of title. Um, but yeah, I think if he can keep it up, he has a great shot. Um, could be pushing 30 goals. Yeah, it's at we're almost we're basically at the halfway point. He has uh, six or eight, sorry, 18, 18 now. Yeah. yeah. So we could be he could be inching close to the 35 goal mark, I want to say. Yeah, it would be uh, fun to watch Kubelik uh, down the stretch and see what he ends up finishing the season with. Uh, also, kind of interestingly enough, uh, he's kind of cemented himself in those Calder Trophy races. Obviously, it's going to be tough to beat out guys like uh, Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. But besides those two guys, Kubelik's probably the next best guy up there rookie-wise. So he's, he's kind of in that race, even if he finished uh, third at the end of the season. I'd take that as a win for Kubelik. Not many people expected him to be in the situation at all. Yeah, this is pretty much the ultimate diamond in the rough. The Blackhawks barely gave up anything for him, and he's been contributing. Yeah, they traded away a 2019 fifth-round pick for Kubalik's rights, so that worked out really well for them. He's been very good in a top-six role for the Blackhawks lately. So, yeah, Kubalik's two goals kind of uh, got the Hawks back in it, and then we saw Jonathan Taze with a really nice goal uh, for the game-winner in overtime, his 12th. 12th career three-on-three OT goal, which is the most in the NHL since being introduced in 2015-16. Tony, Taze always seems to find a way to bring out his best with the game in the line in OT, doesn't he? Yeah, he's definitely going to elevate his game in those last few minutes. He always seems to score, I feel like, his best goals there. Uh, The one that comes to mind is that goal he had against Vancouver uh, last season or two seasons ago. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, we saw him just kind of take matters into his, his own hands, skate the puck into the zone dance around a center's defender and then roof a shot over uh over the glove to uh give the Hawks a win. Yeah, the one that's the one thing I really like about Tay's game. He plays more defensively throughout the three periods of regulation and then he'll elevate and includes more offense when the game's on the line. Yeah, he cranks it up in OT for sure. Uh twelfth career three on three overtime goal most in the NHL. Pretty crazy. Uh but yeah it was a uh, another what were you gonna say? Sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's cool. Um, I was going to say he is up to 39 points. He's picked it up lately. Yeah, over, uh, I want to say his last 36 games, he has 36 points. Mm-hmm. So he's back on that point-per-game pace. Uh, he only had two points in his first 11 games, so he got off to a rough start. But, yeah, Johnny's been finding it as of late, and that's kind of uh, helped Kubelik really pick up his game lately. So hopefully this addition of Saad, whether they place him back on the top line right away or – you know, they kind of slowly integrate him into that because I do think they want Saad playing with Taze eventually. Yeah. Uh, but it should only help the captain's game going forward. Yeah. Um, Saad's going to be a huge addition, not only for the four forward lines, but also for the special teams. Yeah. He uh, has a couple shorthand goals this season. I believe he has a pair. Uh, and yeah, uh, provides good defensive game from the forward spot. One always has good possession numbers throughout his career. So, you know what Saad brings to the table? And yeah, it should be a big help to the Blackhawks uh, here in some crucial games coming up. But, um, yeah, so we saw the Blackhawks were able to pick up the 3-2 to two overtime victory over the Senators. Uh, another nerve-wracking game, but an essential, essential two points there. Uh, but the Hawks didn't get much time to rest after beating the Senators on Tuesday. They were right back in action in Montreal on Wednesday to take on the Canadians. Looking at that game, Tony, we saw something we haven't seen from the Hawks in a while, which was a multi-goal lead in the first period. 
four times in their previous eight games coming into Wednesday. The Hawks surrendered multiple goals in the first period. So just how important was it for the Blackhawks to jump out to that 2 nothing lead in the first period against Montreal, Tony? Oh, it was huge. This season has been a case of playing from behind almost in every game. So having a lead for once actually gives the whole team great momentum and keeps um, them in high spirits. Yeah, uh, with all the injuries, both at forwards and on defense right now, it's pretty key for the Blackhawks to not be playing from behind too often because with this roster, the odds of a comeback aren't too great unless, you know, you're playing a team like the Wings or Senators, luckily for us. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we saw the Hawks jump out 2 nothing. Big, big first couple goals there as Zach Smith was responsible for both of them, doubling his season total in 40 games coming into Wednesday. Uh, first goal we have to talk about for a second here. Drake Kajula made a terrific play to steal the puck from behind the Canadian's net and set up Smith with a yawning cage for the shorthanded goal. Tony, how good has Kajula been in his four games since returning from here? From injury? Drake Kajula has been pretty awesome since he returned. Um, he can play basically all four forward lines as a Swiss Army knife type of player. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, um, I like what he's brought to the team. I think they really missed him. Yeah, Kajula's kind of been that spark plug in the Blackhawks lineup lately. Uh, and he wasn't done against Montreal. As we saw him pick Jordan Wheel's pocket and rifle a shot home for his fourth goal of the season, first since returning from injury, and also his first multi-point game of the night. Just a terrific game for Drake Kajula. As you said, kind of that Swiss Army knife. We saw him uh, on the penalty kill, force that turnover behind the Canadiens net, and he also has some offense to his game. We've seen him a couple times this season you know, with a couple uh, impressive shots for uh, a couple goals there. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like Kajul. I'm a big fan. Um, I think they're going to be looking to try to get as much from him as possible, um, especially since Strom's out. Yeah, he can help offensively uh, while also kind of providing kind of grinder minutes down on the fourth line, but has that offensive side to him. So, yeah, I'm really excited for Kajula's return to the lineup. He does so many different things for this team. Uh, so, it was, yeah, really nice to see him cash in against Montreal. Uh, but overall, it was a pretty controlling win from start to finish for the Hawks as they allowed just one goal, uh, which came to former Blackhawk Philip Deneau. But we saw the Hawks answer back uh, on the power play, answer back to that goal uh, with Dabrinkit's 12th of the season. And then they kind of just rode Crawford to the victories. He played terrific per usual in his hometown of Montreal. How about these stats here for Crawford, Tony, in his career against the Canadians in Montreal? 6 mm-hmm. 2 with two shutouts and just ridiculous uh, save percentage and goals allowed numbers in his career. He really seems to love to play in his hometown against his uh, former favorite team. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous numbers for a goalie in the NHL against any team. Yeah, Um, right. He must really like playing in Montreal. Um, I mean, the Blackhawks are going to need this kind of effort from him going forward too. Um, especially Especially now in this playoff chase. Yeah, it was, it was great to see Crawford, you know, um, he, he's been okay uh, as of late. We saw him allow a couple iffy goals to uh, Detroit a couple weeks ago. So he hasn't been, you know, terrible, hasn't been great, but it was really, really impressive to see his performance in Montreal. Uh, Hawks yeah. really rode him in the third period to victory. But yeah, it was, it was a good team win. Uh, most of the guys were solid. Uh, Duncan Keith had six blocks on defense, which was really impressive. And also something I wanted to talk about here, Tony, was uh, the Mata-Cuckoo pairing. They continue to be really good. Uh, Mata has two points and is plus four in his last three games with Cuckoo. Mm-hmm. While Slater, he has assists in back-to-back games, and he's plus five in the last three games as well. 
Uh, so with Mata and Cuckoo playing so well, it's going to be hard for Coach Jeremy Colleton to get Dennis Gilbert back into the lineup. Yeah, as you mentioned, it's been kind of surprising, to be honest. Yeah. Right? Um, that third pairing, Cuckoo is more of a seventh guy, in my opinion, but he's been playing okay. Yeah, he, he's been definitely doing his job. He had that nice primary assist to set up uh, Smith for the redirecting front. Um, this actually kind of ties into a Q&A question we got. I thought now was uh, an appropriate time to answer it, even though we'll do the Q&A segment later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at Mama Caps asked, wondering what happened to Gilbert. Haven't seen him in the lineup since Calgary on 1-7. Um, so, yeah, as we kind of just talked about, Kuku's been playing really good as of late, and Gilbert, uh, when he's been in the lineup, he hasn't been all that impressive recently, kind of had some defensive struggles. So yeah. uh, I-, I don't see Gilbert coming back into the lineup until, you know, Cuckoo kind of forces Colleton's hand there. Yeah, I-, I like Gilbert. I'm a fan, but he is a little too inconsistent for the NHL level at this point. Just seems he's like a little early for him. Yeah, um, he can play, but his minutes probably have to be reduced. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking as well. And with Cuckoo, they've been kind of playing him in that like 16, 17 minute range. So yeah. they ha- they have some trust in Cuckoo for sure when he's in the lineup. Um, and I, I think it's going to be interesting because if Cuckoo continues to play well, do you think the Blackhawks send Gilbert back to Rockford so he can play? Because with a 23 year old defenseman like him, where he's still developing, you want him playing rather than you know up in the press box more more games than not. Yeah, I I feel like a send him being sent down to Rockford would be more beneficial than just sitting on the bench. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's only played games and he need, just needs a little bit more experience. Yeah. I, I think a Rockford conditioning stint wouldn't be bad for him. Cause I think we definitely could see him, you know, back up with the Blackhawks if he's going to be playing regularly. But as of right now, Cuckoo is really playing well and kind of finding a stride now that he's getting some consistent playing time for the first time in a couple months. So um, yeah, for Dennis Gilbert, I just think it's going to be a little tough period for him right now because uh, Cuckoo is kind of maybe on a, a little bit of an extended leash because of his last couple games here. He's been playing really good. Yeah, I actually just checked out Cuckoo's stats for the season. He has also played 20 games, so basically the same as Gilbert. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe they, they like the veteran presence on that third line. Yeah, I mean, can't can't argue with that. He knows how to play in the defensive zone for sure, and that's kind of where Gilbert has had his struggles. And as we've emphasized a couple times already in this episode, a lot of key games coming up here. So while while we do have a lot of youngsters in the lineup, kind of getting getting them some experience at the same time, you kind of want to mix and match that with a, a lineup that you want to compete. And I think right yeah. now that that's the situation with Cuckoo is he's giving us his best and, you know, giving us the most out of a sixth defenseman spot right now. So hard to take him out of the lineup when he's doing that. Yeah. And Carlton basically agrees with with what you just said, because his last five games, he's played 1447, 1710, 1823, 17, even, and 1428. And that's Cuckoo. That's Cuckoo. Yeah. 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 So he's playing around that 16, 17 minute mark, kind of what they've been playing Oli Mata at this season. Um, so yeah, uh, Cuckoo, I have no problem with him playing in that role. If he's playing well, uh, he, those mm-hmm. are, those are minutes he definitely can handle. Um, we've seen it throughout the season that he, he has some game to him. You know, he, he could be a solid presence in the defensive zone. He, he also, uh, I found a couple times this season, he, he's made a couple good outlet passes to start the break, yeah. which we haven't seen all that much from the Blackhawks this season. 
Uh, one comes to mind was uh, Kubalik's breakaway goal against the Senators to tie the game. Cuckoo had the secondary assist on that. He made uh, the play to pass the puck to Taves. So mm-hmm. just like a couple small plays like that, you know, um, it, it makes a difference in the game, especially when you're getting it from everybody, like a fifth or sixth defenseman in Cuckoo. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he's really been playing well, and uh, I'm excited to see if he'll be able to ride this hot streak and stay in the lineup for a significant structure. Yeah, and then stepping back to what we said about Gilbert, um, I think that's kind of what he's missing from his game, that passing aspect. Yeah, we haven't seen much offensively from him. Even in the one goal he scored, it was like that fluky backhand five-hole goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's just really young, and Blackhawks are kind of in a weird predicament that they need um, everyone playing their best right now because these these games are all key right now. We're right in the middle of the hunt and run, coming from behind, so the points are even more crucial. So, yeah, when, when Gilbert's kind of not providing that offensive aspect that we've seen from Cuckoo recently, it's going to be hard for uh, for him to get back in lineup. So I, I definitely think it's something to keep an eye on going forward, how the Hawks handle Dennis Gilbert and his playing time and what they decide to do, whether or not they want to send him to Rockford. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, interesting situation there on the Blackhawks' blue line. Uh, now we'll move on to our next segment. Quickly, before we get into our Q&A segment, though, we'll talk about uh, the Blackhawks' That making a roster move on Thursday, they placed Dylan Strom on IR with a right ankle injury retroactive to January 7th. Uh, mm-hmm. And they also recalled forward Brandon Hagel from the Rockford Icehawks for his first NHL stint. So Hagel, uh, he won't play tonight against the Maple Leafs. But uh, Tony, what are your thoughts about Brandon Hagel and where would you like to see him in the lineup when he does get his chance to play? Brandon Hagel is actually kind of an under-the-radar player, to Yeah, be definitely. Um, I think he's that bottom six player that the Blackhawks could need. And he has definitely some offensive uh, talent. Yeah, definitely. Um, In 2018-19 with the Red Deer Rebels in the WHL, he had 102 points in 66 games with a plus 42. Yeah, he was uh, – I. wrote an article about him the other day he was actually fourth in the whl that season in scoring he was 20 years old playing against some younger kids that are like 18 and 17 but but still i mean um not not only that but throughout his career uh with the rebels he he had pretty good offensive numbers too he was the oldest guy in the league yeah and that kind of translated to the rockford ice hogs this season because he has 21 points in 38 games yeah 13 goals leads the ice hogs this year yeah um I would like to see him – he'll most likely play on the fourth line. Yeah. Maybe mix him in on the third line. But I like his upside. I definitely do too. Um, Jeremy Colleton talked about him today, just said he's uh, got a little rat in him. He, he's a skilled guy with some good wheels but also a hard worker. That's one thing I've read about him multiple times. He yeah. has a really good motor and work ethic. And, and, yeah, as you said, he's been solid in Rockford this season. Uh, 13 goals, second on the team in points with 21. Uh, and he's still only 21 years old. So there is mm-hmm. some potential here, Tony. Yeah, I like his upside. I think he'll have a good future as long as they put him in a position to succeed. Yeah, I, I do expect him to be on that fourth line, maybe playing with uh, Smith and Highmore. Um, yeah. But, yeah, former six-round pick of the Sabres back in 2016. They let his draft rights expire, and then the Hawks signed him last October to a three-year deal. Uh, so, yeah, very excited to see what Hagel brings to the table. He's a small winger at six foot one, but just 175 pounds. Uh, but as I said earlier, got uh, a lot of speed and tenacity. Um, 
obviously he possesses, plays bigger than he is. Yeah, yeah, and he obviously possesses a, a strong scoring ability. We've seen it in Rockford so far this season. We saw it throughout his career uh, while playing junior hockey with the Red Deer Rebels. So yeah, I think this is definitely uh, an intriguing call up by the Blackhawks. Um, I also one one thing regarding Hagel this summer at Blackhawks development camp, he was definitely one of the more impressive players on the roster. Uh, but probably the most unknown by the fans. He was, you know, in the same skill grouping, I would say, as Doc, Nylander, Boquist, and Mitchell. He was, like, one of the most – one of the top five impressive guys there. Every day he, he was noticeable. And when they ran the scrimmage on the last day, he had a couple goals and was really impactful. So, um, yeah, not, a, not a, guy, a guy the Blackhawks fans may know a lot about, but uh, I think he's someone that they could really like if he does stick around here for the long haul. Yeah. And also another aspect that he brings to the team is that he was a captain previously with the Red Deer Rebels. Yeah, I saw or sorry, not not a captain, uh, alternate. Wore, yeah, he wore the A for two years there, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, uh, been in a leadership position before, uh, even though he's a young kid. So obviously the Blackhawks will take that. Um, yeah, I'm just excited for Hagel. Uh, it was apparent right then and there during uh, the development camp that he was going to play for the Blackhawks at some point this season. It was kind of just a question of when, and now we got that answer. So really excited to see Brandon Hagel, uh, kind of disappointed that he won't play tonight against the Maple Leafs, but, uh, excited for his NHL debut for sure. Yeah. I think at this point where the team stands, they could use his abilities. Yeah. Um, potentially could be someone that, could play up and down the lineup. Obviously, we haven't seen what he provides in the NHL, but just kind of based off his game, it kind of sounds like he could be that type of player. Yeah, that's definitely a name to watch out going forward. So, yeah, interesting that the Blackhawks recalled Hagel from Rockford. Uh, also, some big news that we kind of touched on earlier in the episode. Brandon Saad returning to the lineup for the Blackhawks against the Maple Leafs. Missed about a month. So, huge boost for the Blackhawks here. As Saad was one of their best forwards before going down with an injury. Although... Oddly enough, Tony, the Blackhawks were 9-4-0 and in the 13 games that Saad missed. Kind of, kind of an interesting stat there. Yeah, that is pretty interesting because I, I, would, I would assume that they missed him in the lineup, but maybe not as much as I would think. Right, especially with um, – we've seen depth scoring be better in the last couple games, but we've really been riding like Kubelik, Taze, and Kane. So weird that the Blackhawks' most success or a really successful stretch here – uh, comes while Saad is out of the lineup, but either way, uh, that's a huge boost to the Blackhawks lineup. We know what Saad brings to the table. Um, it looks like they're not going to start him on the top line with uh, mm-hmm. Taze and Kublik right away, um, but instead it looks like he could be starting tonight on that second line with Dabrinkit and Doc. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that there? I do like that potential lineup right there. Um, I think – Doc could use someone on that line to play a little bit more physical because he isn't right now. Um, the only thing that the only issue I have with that line with Doc at center is his faceoffs. Yeah, I'm. That, that's why they kind of had David Camp there on that second line was kind of yeah. protect Doc at the dot. Camp's been our second best faceoff man this season. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that is tough. But I just think we we got to get someone on that line to get to bring it going. Poor guys playing with yeah. Kirby Doc, who has one point in his last thirty games, and David Camp. Like, no wonder he's not doing anything. So I, I kind of get moving Saad back in the lineup. It, there definitely is a question there with faceoffs because Doc's like thirty three percent on the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do do think we need to get to bring it going. He's only got twelve goals on the season. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I like Saad being in a top-six role. He's going to play significant minutes no matter where he is in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that he'll definitely help the Blackhawks' offense, give us a little bit more versatility in that aspect. Um, but I, I think eventually the Blackhawks will have him on that top line with Kubalik and Taze. I, I think that's the best spot for him. And that makes sense because Saad had really good chemistry earlier in the season when he was playing with Kubalik. Yeah, hopefully so, they'll keep that going. Yeah, maybe they can rekindle that. Um, I, and especially when Taze and uh, Kubalik are, are kind of playing their best hockey of the season right now. And they always, I mean, we have seen Kane jump up there uh, like in the third period when we need him to, but they haven't really mm-hmm. had like a consistent line made on that top line. And I think Saad's really someone that could solidify that top spot. Um, and, and he plays a good two-way game, kind of, you know, always how Johnny plays. And I think yeah. it's good to have that scoring touch on the other wing with Kubalik. So I think that just is kind of a fit that makes sense there. It makes sense, yeah. And that, and having Saad on that line also frees up Taze to play more offense. Right, right. And we've seen more of that lately. And it's made a difference in the Blackhawks game because we need that second scoring touch from, you know, a guy that's not just Patrick Kane. We need other lines rolling too. So Taze being able to do what he's done in the last, you know, he he had a four-game point streak recently. Or he's on a four-game point streak. And uh, he yeah. had a lot of multi-point games there. Um, so, yeah, I think the Blackhawks are liking what they have seen be- between that Kubalik and Taze pairing. And I think being able to put Saad in that top line will only help the Blackhawks' depth scoring. You know, once Dylan Strom gets back, we can figure out, you know, where to put Debrinkit, Strom, and Kane. So, um, yeah, huge boost for the Blackhawks to get Brandon Saad back. Uh, talk a little bit about the Montreal game tonight. Um, what, what predictions you got or kind of keys to the game for the Blackhawks you think they need to pull out a victory? Tonight, I will say defense will be important. Um, getting three three pairings that contribute consistently. Good Leafs offense over there. Yeah, it's going to be tough to shut down all of their offensive weapons, but at, we could at least try to sh- minimize yeah. their damage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've although every time I feel like we play the Leafs, it's a high scoring game. Uh, if you remember, yeah. remember that game last year where Kane. And Matthews went back and forth. I'm pretty sure that final was like seven to six or something. Yeah, and, super high score. And then they, uh, the, these two teams met this season, and uh, it was back in November, and the final score was five four. The Blackhawks in that game went up four to one. Actually, I don't know if you remember this, but they allowed 26 shots on goal in the third period to the Maple Leafs. <laughs> 26 in one period. Yeah, that, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of insane, and there's no excuse. That's with Kelvin DeHaan, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at the, the Maple Leafs uh, points scorers right now. So we got Matthews at 57. He's our, well, how many Mark, goals does he have? Sorry to interrupt. He, no, that's cool. Um, he already has 34. Yeah. Yikes. So good luck with that one. Um, Marner is next at 46. Yeah, Marner guy's kind of good. That Nylander, surprisingly, is third on that team with 42 points, 21 off. goals, he's, and 21 assists. Yeah, he's been going off for them this year. And then Tavares is 41 points. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're the second highest scoring team in the league. And I'm, uh, they have like a top five power play too. So uh, Blackhawks yeah. penalty kill has been good late there. So I'm not as worried as I normally would be in that situation. They will need that too. Yeah, but you, you know what the Leafs are going to bring offensively. So yeah. Blackhawks are going to have to be good on, on both ends. Defensively, they're, they're going to have a handful all night long. And then offensively, assuming that, you know, 
the Leafs are going to find a way to score against our defense, which is more likely to happen than not. Uh, the offense right. is going to have to be, you know, hanging with them with those knockout blows. So uh, it's going to be a tough game for the Hawks, especially on the road. Uh, but they've been good on the road lately, Tony. They've won six of the last seven road games here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been getting a good road penalty kill all season long. So if the Hawks, I think what's really key for them is those first 20 minutes. I don't think we'll be able to chase right. Toronto if we're coming from behind. I think if we get down 2 nothing, we're going to lose the game. But if we're able to uh, come, out of the, come out in the first 20 minutes and have a strong effort and, you know, take the lead or come out tied, I like the Hawks' chances on the road tonight with um, Corey Crawford's play as of late and just the Blackhawks' overall play in uh, opponents' buildings. Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. And I'm looking at um, Frederick Anderson. Do you know if he's starting tonight? I, I don't know. I haven't been able to look yet. I'm going to go ahead and assume so because they had a couple days okay. off. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at his last five games, and he's been very rocky. Really? So, yeah, his save percentage in the last five has been 96 points – or, sorry, .969 – Point eight six two, point six six seven, point eight nine three, and point eight four two. So, with that being said, he's been beatable. They to, yeah, they need to get to him early. That's what I'm. That's what I was just about to say. The Blackhawks need to put everything on that, which we haven't seen uh, been a priority, you know, as much as it should be, because the, the Blackhawks they they need to put everything on that, especially with. Um, the state of our, our defense and you know you don't always know if we're going to be getting great play from them every night we might allow three four five goals so we, right. we need to get every opportunity we can and fire it on cage creates in that front presence and right. test anderson early because as we just saw he had he's got save percentage in the 80s so he's definitely yeah. beatable um and we, we got to get to him early and don't let his confidence get too high because we know what kind yeah. of he can be if he gets hot right He's he's good but very inconsistent. Right. And with the injury to Morgan Riley, that's gonna be huge. Yeah, that's a big one uh for their defense. He's the anchor back there, one of the best in the NHL. So a huge loss for the Maple Leafs. Uh the Blackhawks definitely have to take advantage there. Uh as for my prediction, I'm gonna go out and say the Hawks are gonna win this one six to four tonight. I'm gonna say a big offensive effort getting sod back. Okay. Yeah, what I like thoughts? that proje- prediction. I was gonna say Five to three in favor of the Blackhawks. Yeah, I, I hopefully tap in that empty netter, keep it rolling on the road, pick up their fourth yeah. consecutive win before heading back to the United Center. Would be big to come away uh, on this three-game road trip with three victories north of the border. That would be huge for the Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be huge to get every point at this point in the season. They are currently at 50 points yep. overall. Five points back, and- right? Yeah, um, let me check real quick. I know the Oilers last time had 55 points. I'm pretty sure they didn't play last night. So the Blackhawks for the West Western Wild Card, they are fourth. They are currently six back. Six back? Okay. Damn. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Big two points on the line tonight. Uh. I'm pretty sure we got what a, a point ahead of Nashville right now. Yes, one point. So yeah, we're right there with Nashville. I know Minnesota is not far behind either. Um, they are at 48, so too bad. Yeah, so they're both right there. So you don't want to don't want to fall into last place in the division. Always a tough road ahead in the yeah. Central Division. So yeah, two big two points in Toronto tonight would be really key for the Blackhawks to stay right in that playoff race. Hopefully they'll be able to get it done 
uh, going to be tough against uh, always dangerous Leafs offense. Hopefully they'll be able to come away with two points tonight. Keep the ball rolling, Tony. Yeah, and their away record has actually been pretty decent this season. What is it? So they are 11, 9, and 3, so maybe yeah. they could chip in add another win to that. Yeah, they've been impressive on the road lately. I'm not sure what it's been. Uh, they haven't been all that consistent on their home ice, but it seems like whenever uh, they go on the road, they, they you know bring a strong team effort. Maybe it's those road trips or something that brings the best out of the team. Not sure. Um, but hopefully we get that tonight. Uh, I think that will take us now into our last segment of the episode, which is the fan Q&A segment here. We got a couple of good questions from the fans, Tony, so we'll jump right in. Uh, we start with at BlueStarBoy709, who also has a, a screen name of Slater underscore Cuckoo V69, which I, I thought was kind of funny, <laughs> worth mentioning. So Slater underscore Cuckoo V69 asked, Thoughts on Kirby Doc's goal to streak nearing 30 games and similar with pointless streak. Just wondering if sending him back to juniors might have benefited both in hindsight. So a, a very good question there. What are, your, what are your thoughts on Doc's current predicament? Yeah, I mean, he has a good point. Um, the, the person who asked the question. Um, I mean, you could always say that things might have been differently looking at yeah, it in hindsight. Hindsight's 20-20. But... Um, I don't know that going back to Saskatoon really would have made his game any better. Yeah. Because he needs that experience against NHL level talent. I, I, I agree. Um, I was actually in my mentions a couple days ago, someone that always just seems to be talking negatively about the Blackhawks, but he was saying like, or not Cuckoo, um, Doc should have went back because he wasn't all that dominant in his last season there. But if you look at his numbers, uh, I did research on this a couple days ago. He was the thirtieth. Mm-hmm. He was the thirtieth leading scorer in the WHL in his seventeen-year-old season. Where, where, as we talked about earlier with Hagel, there's nineteen and twenty-year-olds yeah. in that league, and right. he, I think he averaged one point one seven points per game. Um, so, what really more does he have to prove there? Does he have to go back to Saskatoon and be a top-five scorer? Like, would you really like seeing that? Like, obviously, he has the capabilities to do that. We saw what he did at seventeen. Mm-hmm. But is that the best thing for his development? I, I'm not sure. And also, I, I don't like Doc's stats don't reflect it, but I don't think he's played that bad. Like, it's not like he's been horrendous or a ghost. Right. You know, like he's been um, effective on four checks. He's been involved in board battles, which is what you want to see out of an 18 year old kid that's obviously not physically mature enough for the NHL. So it's just the rookie roller coaster. Yeah. It's being an 18 year old and not being, you know, as I just said, physically mature enough to play against men yet. Um, mm-hmm. The offensive skill set is there. It's not all there. We've, see, we've seen potential with it, but it's obvious that he needs, you know, a summer or two more to develop into, you know, the NHL player that we think he can be. Yeah. I mean, he, he's ha- – I'm looking at his stats right here, and he's averaging more ice time now than he has recently. Yeah, Jeremy Collins um, letting him play. Yeah. Last game he was at 17.42, and then 16.15 before that – and then 1607. And this might be a high career high for him, 1920. Yeah, wow. And then before that one, um, the 1833. Yeah, so Jeremy Collinson's letting him play. And I don't yeah. I don't think that's you know, I I should say I think that's because of how he's handled being in the NHL. Like as we just talked about, it's not like he's handled it poorly. Like he's holding his own out there. He, yeah, he's getting taking big checks, but he's getting up right away. 
Um, and I think the compete level's been there every night. It's not like the kid doesn't want to be there. So yeah, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but I, I still do think that it's best for Doc to be where he is right now. And I think he will get a little bit better as you know he gets comfortable more in the 16, 17, 18 minute role for the Hawks. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think he could torn it up in Saskatoon, but I think this year of being a pro and being in the NHL will suit him better for the long haul. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, having that rookie that you just drafted in the previous NHL draft is going to be um, kind of appealing to your younger players that are coming up as well because they're going to get a shot. Right, yeah. That shows you that you know we're not afraid to play the young guys, whether they succeed or fail. It's just more about what you're able to bring to the team and you know producing mm-hmm. points or not. I would say Doc's had a, had a decent impact on the Blackhawks, so – um, yeah, I, I think he's fine where he is. Uh, would you agree? Would you agree? I would agree. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does with his um, bigger opportunity here with the more ice time. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I think Doc's fine where he is. That's that's definitely a good question, though. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. To, Great question. Tough to say because hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh, hopefully, Doc will pick it up here in the second half of the season. Uh, next question we have is from at i jensen four who asked. With Crawford being 35 and Leonard 28, do you think it would be better interest to try and sign Leonard to a long-term deal and let Crow walk? Uh, we kind of touched on the subject a few times on the podcast mm-hmm. this year. Um, you got to go get Robin Leonard. I don't care what it's going to cost the Blackhawks. Yeah. You got to go get him. Um, and I don't want to say we'd let Crow walk, but with what he said in an interview a couple of days ago, they kind of asked him about this situation. Mm-hmm. And he kind of talked like um, – he didn't really want to play. He definitely said he wants another contract. So that kind of answers the retirement buzz we've talked about. At least about. the one-year deal. Yeah. So it does sound like he wants to play more hockey, and someone will certainly give him that opportunity. Uh, but it also just sounded like he didn't really want to go and play second fiddle wherever he goes. Right. So if the, only oppor- if the Blackhawks were to bring back Leonard like we hope, the only really opportunity to bring Crawford back would be if he were to take a pay cut. And, and just kind of based off his – own words it didn't sound like he really wanted to do that so I don't think yeah. it would be as much as letting Crawford walk as he walks off himself yeah it'll be interesting to see what Crawford does this offseason that's going to be a big story going forward um but first top priority should be to keep Robin Leonard and get him on a long-term deal um especially since he's only 28 right yeah now. he's still crazy so he, he has a good few years of his prime left um, I would, I would expect him maybe to get around eight million yeah, per I think, season. I think that's fair. Yeah, he's definitely earned it playing behind this defense. Um, so if you imagine if this defense improves next season, how much better his stats will be, even though they're great already. Yeah, it, it, it's um one thing I also want to say. I saw this on Twitter. Someone brought this up. Um, a lot of people this off season were saying. Robin Leonard kind of took a gamble on himself by taking that one-year $5 million deal. I think he Mm -hmm. kind of took a gamble on the Blackhawks, if anything, because um, he, you know, with a one-year deal, nothing's guaranteed. So let's say Leonard, you know, behind the poor Blackhawks defense, he's not the same Vesna candidate goaltender that he was last season. He's probably Mm -hmm. signing less for less than 5 million, even with the market going up, you know? So he's really, you know, gotten the best out of this situation showing off his own skill set 
behind this Blackhawks yeah. defense. So I think eight million would definitely be fair. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bob Rossi got like ten. So yeah, he's at ten. Yeah, so considering what Leonard's at now, you know, crazy steal. I think eight's beyond fair, and and I think yeah, I think the only way for the Blackhawks to be able to afford that would be to let Crawford walk if he doesn't want to take a you know a minimal deal. Yeah, um, pro- the next few weeks will be really uh, interesting to see what happens with the team and if they keep winning. And that will determine what they do with Crawford. Yeah, interestingly enough, they're going with uh, Crawford tonight against Toronto, and they're saving Leonard for uh, their divisional game against the Jets tomorrow. So, yeah, interesting okay. to see how the Hawks handle that split going forward, um, especially in the final month or so of the season. It'll definitely tell tale of, I think, who – the Hawks want. And I think, you know, it's hard to say that's not Robin Leonard right now, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see like what kind of trade value Crawford would have at this point. Yeah. Um, considering he's 35 now on an expiring contract. Um, we talked about it. He's, we talked about yeah. it last episode too. Um, it, we'd have to find that right fit for him with that 10 team, uh, 10 team, no trade clause. So we only can get traded to 10 teams. So yeah, it's interesting. He controls his destiny. Yeah, it's interesting to think of. I don't. I just don't know what value we'd get for him because it's it, tough. it would have to fit a team perfectly. Oh, I'm trying to think who could really use goaltending right now off the top of my head. I don't know if the Devils would be willing to part ways with him, but I like Sammy Vatanen. Yeah, he's definitely someone uh, on the blue line that's an option for the Blackhawks with all this cap space they have with all these players out. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be an interesting situation. I just don't know if the Devils would be one of the 10 teams Crawford wants to go to. Right, at this point, because they're rebuilding. Yeah, um, I've, I've seen Anaheim's er- Erica Branson, his name come up a couple times, but also that's a situation where they're not really in a playoff race. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of like a puzzle. you got to match it perfectly here with Crawford. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the Blackhawks want to do down the stretch with that situation because, yeah, as Crawford said earlier this week, it doesn't sound like – um, he, he's willing to take that pay cut or, you know, be Robin Leonard's backup. So if they right. feel like he's going to walk this off season and one of their goaltenders in Rockford is ready to, you know, down the stretch, if we're playing Leonard heavy, we can throw Lankton or Dealey out there for every now and then. Yeah. But if they feel comfortable enough in that situation and also, you know, have that right um, position for Corey Crawford and he's going to walk for free this off season, you do want to take that, you know, it's just a weird yeah. situation as a whole. Yeah, I know. I know fans probably are going to be upset that they may part ways with Crawford, but that's just what happens. It's a business. Yeah, it's it's come to that point in his career where he's on that last year of his deal. So yeah, as you said, it's a business, and the Blackhawks got to do what's uh, best for the team going forward. So yeah, good right. good question there. Um, I think we both agree that you have to yeah. sign Leonard, and if Crawford's a casualty of that, then that kind of has to happen, you know. Right. And with that being said, with Crawford potentially parting ways, I do like Lincoln. And I, I mean, he could probably take a backup role next season. Yeah. Um, we, we got a couple, we got him and Delia in the pipeline. So it's just kind of about who takes that next step first, I think, between those two guys. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that they'd be able to handle that role. And I think that is the Blackhawks plan going forward is for one of those guys to step up in the backup role. So yeah, it makes sense because they signed Dila to that three-year deal. Yes, absolutely, a very cheap deal, one year or one mil per year. So he, mm-hmm. he's certainly affordable. Um, yeah, good question there. I think the Blackhawks go with Leonard. Let let, yeah. let Crawford go with those goalies in the pipelines. 
Um, so that brings us That's the safe bet. Yeah, that I th- I agree. I agree, and I just don't think we overspend on a backup goaltender. We just can't afford to do that with our cap situation. No, it doesn't make sense to do that. So yeah, good second question there, and that brings us to our third and final question is from at High Warlord Chad, who asked, "What kind of lines would you like to see with the return of both Sod and Strome? What are What are your thoughts on that? What would you like to see out of the Blackhawks forward group?" Um, I would like to see, uh, I actually just tweeted this out a couple, few days ago. Let me try to pull it up, but I'm going to re- defer to you until I find All it. All right. Sounds good. So I personally like to see the top line of Kubalik, Taze, and Saad. I like that trio on the top line. Mm-hmm. And I think on the second line, I like a trio, this, this, I don't know how people will take this, but this is just my take. I like to mm-hmm. bring it Strom. And either Nylander or Sakura in that okay. top six role. Um, because I think both those guys need to play with goal scorers. I don't think either of them would be effective in a fourth line role. So I think they're, they're guys that need to play with offensive minded guys. And um, both guys are kind of in need of that opportunity. So I would like to see the Blackhawks go with that trio. Um, on the third line, I'd like to see. Um, Oh, man, so I, I guess this is going to keep Andrew Shaw to line up. I'd like to see a third line of at left wing, either uh, Sakura or Nylander, whichever one isn't. I'm just for the sake of this, I'm going to go saying we're going to put okay. Nylander on the on the second line with Debrinket and Strom. So a second line of Debrinket, Strom, Nylander, a third line of Sakura, Carpenter, Kane, but with Kane, you know, receiving shifts with the top two lines, not just double shifting, yeah, not yeah. just staying on that third line. But I like. Uh, I like what I've seen from uh, him with Carpenter this season. I think Carpenter is a guy that can yeah. provide defense, but also a little bit of offense from the third center spot. And I, I think uh, Dylan Securo would be a good fit to play with Cat Patrick Kane. As I just said, he needs to play with offensive minded guys to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of uh, get the best out of him. And then on yeah. that fourth line, I'd like to see uh, Kajula, Camp, and Smith on that fourth line and with uh, Highmore, okay. with Highmore or Hagel as the extra guy, because I think if we get uh, Dylan Strom healthy, I think Brandon Hagel gets sent back down to Rockford. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. I like that actually. What are your thoughts? Okay. So, so I was actually able to find out what I, what I tweeted. Okay. So my lines with both Strom and Shaw back, I would like to start out on the first line with Saad, Taze and Kubali. All right. We agree there. Yeah. And then the second line, I would like to see what they can do with um, DeBrinkett, Stroman, Kane. Okay. And then with my third line, I went with Nylander, Doc, and Shaw. Oh, my God. I'm Sh- stupid. I forgot Kirby Doc. Why did I do that? No problem. Um, F- and then fourth line, I have splitting time, um, Smith and Kanjula. With Carpenter and Camp. Okay, I like that. Smith, Carpenter, Camp on the fourth line. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree there. I think that's a good fourth line. Um, oh man, shit. Do you want to revise? Yeah, yours? I'm gonna revise mine real quick here. So I'm gonna go and put Doc in that third center spot in between Kane and Sakira, and then I'm, okay. I'm gonna move Carpenter into that fourth line center role. Mm, man, and then I'm gonna. Oh, this is tough. <sighs> a lot of options for that fourth line. Yeah, because mm, I like Kajulik. I like I, I want to sit Camp, but I, he's a good faceoff man. So I think we got to play him. Yeah. So man, I'm gonna all right. I'm gonna change it even more. Sorry. 
So on the, th- <laughs> on the third line, I'm going to go – we're going to stick with Doc in the center spot, and okay. we're going to stick with uh, Kane on the right wing. But on the mm-hmm. left side, I'm going to go with David Kampf on okay. the left side so he can play center a little bit. Um, but also I still want Kane, you know, double shifting a Nylander spot on the second line every now and then. Mm-hmm. And then on the fourth line, I'm going to go with Kajula, uh, Kampf – or not Kajula. Kajula, Smith, and Highmore. And with okay. our extra forward extra, – extra forwards being Brandon Hagel and Dylan Sakura. That's what I'm going to go with. Sorry, sorry okay. for the confusion. No, <laughs> what, no problem. What you have is your third line again. I know you went with uh, DeBrinket, Strom, and Kane as the second line. What you have on your third? Yes. So for my third, I had uh, Nylander, Doc, and Shaw. I like Shaw there because he can rotate in on faceoffs every once in a while if Doc, if Doc is struggling. Yeah. If if I added Shaw in the lineup, I'd I'd have him on that third line probably with uh, with Kane as well. So yeah, okay. I, I think. It's definitely there's a handful of combinations the Blackhawks could go with right. when everyone's back, just because you know we got guys like Highmore, um, Hagel's up right now. So when it's fully healthy, it'll be interesting to see who the Blackhawks keep with the roster. Um, but yeah, I think we both agree that the top six has to be some sort of combination between uh, Taze, Kubalik, and Sad, and then Debrinket, Strom, and you know I, I you know I had Nylander on there, but. Kane's going to get his opportunities with Nylander's season that he's having the season frustrating as is. Yeah. Oh God. He's such an interesting situation because you got to play him. You got to play him. Unfortunately, (laughs) like with what we, what we gave up for him, the Blackhawks want to be right about Nylander. And the only way to do that is to play him. Oh man. In In the last five, he has been very, unnoticeable with zero points yeah that's like and he's been playing with Patrick Kane too that's the bad part (laughs) he's getting opportunities like when does his leash just like evaporate yeah he's frustrating like uh, I want to like when we when we have to play him over guys like Sakura and and stuff I I get it because you got to play the guy but man we just really need more out of him yeah I Especially for what they gave up for him with Yoki Haru. You got to play him. You have to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a lot of fans will hate hearing that, but it's true. I know. I see it every every game that you, you got to play him because he's already spent three seasons in the A. He doesn't need more time there. He doesn't need to further develop. It's He's got to do it in this league if he wants to it's, consistently it's stay It's just his lineup. mentality. He just needs to pick it up and focus. Just me- yeah, consistency is just his biggest issue. We've seen flashes. He's talented. But, yeah, it, it's hard to – it's like uh, – it kills me talking about that last Q&A question. It, it mm-hmm. kills me to, like, put him in a top six role because I want to go with to bring it Stroman Kane on that yeah. second line. But if we're playing Nylander on the third line with Carpenter and – Sakura, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's just not a very solid line. So yeah, that, that was a good third question there about. Uh, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. about the Blackhawks lines, a lot of different options there, um, considering all the forwards the Blackhawks have up and have seen this season. So yeah, good question there. Um, good, good three questions all around. Appreciate, um, appreciate you guys. Fan add, input. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you guys asking there. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up our Q&A segment. And, actually, I think that's going to just about wrap it up for this episode of Talking Hockey before the Blackhawks take on the Maple Leafs tonight. 
As always, thank you to all the fans out there. We really appreciate it, guys. Uh, Tony, thank you for joining me today before the game. I really appreciate you hopping on. Absolutely. Yeah, fun episode there. Uh, We'll probably have another one out here in the coming days. As always, make sure to check out the Talking Hockey Twitter page, which can be found on Twitter, at Talking Hockey, for all Blackhawks coverage and live tweets of every game. So, from Jack Bushman and my partner, Tony Janaris, thank you to everyone out there listening once again. Go Blackhawks, make our defense great again, and hopefully we pick up a big two points tonight in Toronto. Until next time, we'll see you then.